There we go. Is that better? All right. Fantastic. All right. Take the Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12. We have been looking for a few weeks on the biblical parameters of the church as we move forward to the future. On as things always change, whether good or bad, uh, whether you like it or not, I should say, things always change. Um, but as we go forward to reach our community, there are some parameters that cannot be moved. They are unmovable. And we looked at the first week, the scriptures, our senses, and reliance upon the word of God, how we must remain faithful to it. And then we looked at our purpose last week and how we must be faithful to what our calling is. We must keep our eyes focused upon what God has called us to do. And so tonight I want to look at this all. We must remain faithful to holiness, being holy before God. And so um, Charles Spurgeon said, holiness is better than morality. It goes beyond it. Holiness affects the heart. Holiness respects the motive. Holiness regards the whole nature of man. And so it, uh, holiness is more than just being a moral person. There are lost people who are moral people, and that does not make them holy people. And so it's beyond morality, it's better than that. And it deals with our heart and our position before a righteous God. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so as we look at verse number one, um, the Bible says that Paul was beseeching the brethren that we should present ourselves um, uh, and our bodies as a living sacrifice. I, I want to not get tied up on this because I want to get to verse number two, but this living sacrifice is that it kind of uh, in the Old Testament, we see that there were actual sacrifices that were given. In the Old Testament, and of course, there was a physical sacrifice of the uh, turtle doves, the lambs, the sheep, the red heifers. There were different sacrifices that were given throughout the year in the, in the Old Testament. Now we come to the New Testament, and we're no longer uh, thinking of ourselves as being a physical sacrifice because Jesus was our sacrifice for our sins. Yet here we find that the Bible says that we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And of course we know that we should present ourselves living sacrifices, that we die to ourselves, that we give ourselves up wholly and completely to God, that He lives through us. Yet throughout uh, history, no doubt there are many who took this as a, maybe a more literal thing. Look at the apostles who Gave, them, gave their lives up to be crucified, some filleted alive, some others in boiling oil and water, and some beheaded. They laid down their lives physically, and so they took this verse to a place where their bodies themselves became a living sacrifice. Not as a sacrifice for their sins, but as a sacrifice to God because of His faithfulness. And yet you and I are also called to, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, and we're dealing with the subject of holiness, and acceptable to God. Watch this, it says, 
which is your reasonable service. And so holiness is reasonable. And I know there are some people, especially our day and age, everybody wants to live for themselves, don't we? Uh, we have a society that is all about me first. It's about doing what I want to do. The world's telling people, do whatever makes you happy, do whatever makes you feel good. Live for yourself, follow your heart, live your life to your fullness. You hear these things like, my best life now. And the problem is, is that holiness, according to the Bible, for the believer, for the child of God, it is our reasonable service. It is to be uh, just accepted. Uh, we should accept that holiness is okay. There's nothing wrong with holiness, but rather it's reasonable of God to ask out of us because he has purchased us, correct? He has redeemed us back to himself, and he did so by blood, by shedding and giving his son Jesus up to die for our sins. We have been bought with a price for our own. So holiness is reasonable. Now we come to chapter, uh, uh, verse number two here, chapter 12. There are two words that I want to look at and kind of break down. First off, it starts with, and uh, be not conformed, or do not be conformed to this world. And so first off, we see there's a uh, confirmation or a conforming aspect that we are to uh, address. The Bible says, don't be conformed to the world. R.C. Sproul said legalism is concerned simply with uh, external conformity and is blind to internal motivation. I want to start by looking at an aspect of legalism that is often um, taught in many churches and many uh, denominations and religions. And so I want to look what confirmation or what conformity is not. And so we find out what is conformity. Uh, the Bible says don't be conformed to this world. And so we are not to be conformed to the world. And uh, John MacArthur went further and he said that legalism is the religion of human achievement. It argues that spirituality is based on Christ plus human works. And so what conformity is not is it's not legalism. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world. That is this worldly thing. Anything that is contrary to the Word of God, but also that can be man-made religions and man-made rules that are uh, contrary or extra-biblical. And the Bible says don't be conformed to this world. There are uh, uh, many churches, many groups, many people that I uh, somebody grew up around with and that are very legalistic in their doctrine. They say, listen, there is a Bible standard, but then there is a better standard that I have set that you must conform to. And so... Uh, it was often said there is good, better, and best. There is good. This is what the Bible says. There is better, something that brings glory to God. And always there was this best category that was some kind of hypothetical category that was made up that they said, if you live to this standard, you're living your best for God. If that is in alignment with Scripture, that is okay. But when that best becomes our man-made religion, then all of a sudden we are saying, listen, we want you to conform to our standards, not the Word of God. And that's wrong. That's legalism. And so the Bible says, be not conformed to this world. That does re reflect upon worldly things, the world uh, mentality, but also I mean that can be an aspect of Christianity that goes beyond what the Bible says that makes man-made religion. And so what conformity is not, it's not legalism. 
Um, the thing that the Bible says, be not conformed to the world. And so I want to say, what is the world here? It says, don't be conformed to the world. What exactly is it talking about? What is the world here? Uh, the mass of unmarried men and, and distinguished from the people of God. It is Satan's kingdom. It has laws and maxims. Its manners and customs are determined by its reigning spirit. And it has a consummation which is perdition. We find that the world is the things that are uh, the worldly systems that are contrary to the Word of God. We have a problem in Christianity, not just at North Edelwald Baptist Church, I'm talking about Christianity in general. And the problem is this. We have people who are growing up in church, they're coming to church, but they have not been transformed in the renewing of their minds. They are still being conformed to the world. They are living in the church. They claim to be a part of the body of Christ, yet they are still conforming to the world's laws and kingdoms, the world's mindsets, the world's manners and customs. It's interesting that what the world accepts now, the church will say, no, we won't do that. But if you look at history, Normally, the church is about 15, 10 to 15, maybe 20 years behind the world. What the church accepts now, motive, in a lot of cases, they never would accept it 10, 15 years ago. As the world moves the goalposts, we, we're not going to conform to the world. We don't want to be like that, but we follow near behind. We slowly, we, we follow the world, and as the world progresses, we're not going to go as far as they are. No, no we're Christians. We're going to be separate. But we follow behind the footsteps. And the Bible says here, do not be conformed to the world. Not just where the world is, but where the world has been. The world is not our standard. And the problem we have in church is that we are not living holy lives. We're not teaching holiness. We're not preaching holiness. We're not living holiness. And therefore, we have an issue. So as we go forward, as we transit, as we go forward and reach our community, and things change, people change, culture change, that's okay. But holiness cannot change. We cannot base what's right and wrong upon the world. The Word of God must be our authority. And so we find here that what is the world, it is those uh, manners, customs, laws, spirit, all these things that are of the world. So, therefore, what is it that can uh, formed to the world. What does that mean? First off, it means to be inwardly like men of the world in the governing principles of our lives. To have a worldly spirit, a spirit occupied with worldly things. Um, to be earthly minded. And that is what it's like to be conform to the world. And, and we find that this is often the case. Have you ever seen somebody that their life been watched when they grow up in church? Maybe you're thinking of a child or a, or a grandchild or uh, someone that you knew that they grew up in church, they knew the truth, they were taught the truth, and yet they did not live what they were taught. We all know people like that, don't we? I know it's not a good thing, but it's just it's what, what we have. The problem is, is that we have individuals, although they are in church, the church the things of God are not in them. They are 
living one foot in the church and one foot in the world. They're trying to have an aspect of religion to make them feel good about themselves and everything's okay with God, but they're still trying to be conformed to the world and they're having their lives and the morality are right and wrong based off of the world standards. We know people and you know people who are who will permit things and sin in their lives and you're going, wow, I never dreamed you would have said that was okay. You knew that was wrong. You were taught that was wrong. But the problem is they are allowing the world and the worldly principles to dictate their life. Second of all, and this to be so ruled by the world's maxim that the question is not what is right or wrong, but rather what is the custom of society or what is the public sentiment. Isn't that what many Christians are doing? That's not what the Bible says, it's what is culturally acceptable. And if it's culturally acceptable, then it must be okay. Forget what the Bible says. If the world says it's okay, if it's accepted by our culture, then therefore it's okay. You say, uh, does that really happen? Of course it does. It happens from little things all up to big, and I can give all kinds of illustrations tonight. And uh, But just back in this past June, they were having the Pride Parade in Rome, Georgia. And on Sunday, they were having the event, and it was held at the, uh, the uh, First Methodist Church of Rome, Georgia. And they had a pastor from Atlanta that came, and he was at the parade. He went and handed out Bibles and tracts, and he was there holding up a sign, God loves you. And, and the next, on Sunday, that was Saturday, on Sunday, they had a church service for the Pride Parade at the church there. And that pastor came, him and his husband, the man and his husband, and he preached there for the bridegroom. Now, 10, 15, 20, 15, 100 years ago, churches wouldn't even fathom that. What happened? We based right and wrong off of culture and not the Word of God. The Word of God is plain as day about what's right and wrong. But when we begin to mimic or set our standards off the world, then we are being conformed to the world. Thirdly, to be indistinguishable from men of the world and our objects, amusements, and just our general conduct. And that's what we have happen. So then we come to the second aspect. Um, we look at being conformed to the world. But then the Bible says that be not, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here we can see the confirmation, we see the transformation. What is it to be transformed? The commentary that I read said to be new creatures in our judgment concerning God, Christ, the world, our thoughts, our conscience, our wills, and affections. It is to be transformed to a place by the renewing of our mind. Um, it is to come to a place where we pull away from the flesh 
the old man who lived by the worldly standards. And so instead of allowing the world to dictate what is right and wrong, we will allow God and His Word to dictate our conscience, our wills, our affection. Everything that we do will be based upon God and not ourselves. And that is a transformation that must, that, that must transpire in the heart of every believer that is going to live a life of fruitfulness and effectiveness for the Word of God, for the glory of God, and for the kingdom of God. You cannot get that just simply by coming to church. You cannot be transformed in your life simply by going through the emotions. Simply by showing up and putting on a facade that you are a great Christian does not affect or relate necessarily to the transformation of your heart. It can only come through a genuine and personal relationship with the Lord. And there's a progress. It's a daily progress that happens day in and day out. That daily we renew our hearts and our minds and we're transformed into the mind and image of God. J.C. Ryle said there are a few children of God who do not often find a season of prayer, a season of conflict. The devil has special wrath against us when he sees us on our knees. The problem is we don't spend time on our knees. But think we are renewed in our mind. We must be renewed. We must be changed. And when we're renewed in our mind, love and hatred, desire and abhorrence, joy and grief, hope and fear, anger and meekness, all these things begin to be transformed. In our words, our actions towards God and mankind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why are we being transformed? Why? Because we are all together sinful. Whether you would admit it or not, I don't care how old or how young you are, you are all together sinful. You are. I would encourage that. I saw a post on Facebook that a pastor had put that he said, listen, I'm just letting everyone know I've been encouraged for a couple of weeks. Everybody's been telling me to get TikTok so I can minister to our young people and our young people are all about TikTok. Even Facebook, I don't even think Facebook the hip thing to reach people. Kids don't like Facebook. They call that the old person's social media. They use TikTok. Most kids don't have a Facebook account don't care about it. The preacher said this. He said, I tried. He said that every two or three posts, he said, there's some young girl twerking half naked. He said, and I had to stroll past that to get to the next post. He said, I'm a pastor. You may not want to hear this, he says. But I, he said, David was a man after God's own heart. He said, and he messed up because of what he saw. He said, I'm no stronger than David was. He said, I cannot have to. But fantastic. That's it. Listen, I'm going to be renewed in my actions towards God and man. I want to live holy 
so we must, we, we must be transformed because we are altogether sinful without Christ. And we need holiness. We need to be conformed to God. And we need to be renewed in our minds and our hearts. You say, preacher, that, that's a, is that really true? It is. You say, well, I don't have that. I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't know what TikTok is and cook it all if I wanted to. Fantastic. I imagine probably most of us here tonight know. But don't think for a second your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren are consumed with it. And what do you think is going to their minds if they're constantly being fed to that stuff? We wonder why our generation is the way it is. And here's what we're feeding our minds day in and day out. You put garbage in, what's going to come out? Therefore, we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this is one area that we cannot change, we cannot compromise. There's some things that we can, we can change on. Holiness isn't one of them. There's no exception or substitution. For holiness. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. What does the Bible say? She may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to close this. That word prove, literally, when you look at it and begin to study it out, it means this, and it's often that same word in Greek is translated um, as to discern. To discern. That we may discern good and perfect will of God. That we may be able to discern right from wrong. You say, Pastor, why, why, why is there so much ungodliness? going on among people who claim to be Christians. You know why? It's very simple. Their minds are not renewed. They cannot discern the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you say, that's not me. I know it better. You think so? Allow your mind to be filled with the things of this world. and being transformed by the word and power of God. And it don't matter how long you've been a Christian. It don't matter how long you, or how old you are, how long you've walked this earth. It will begin to corrupt the way you view the things of God and the things of the world. I'm not going to go back and be the dead horse, but um, I know when COVID first happened, we all were trying to do right, didn't we? We tried to social distance, and a lot of churches shut down completely. And almost all churches did for at least a few weeks. And up until about six months ago, I saw some churches that were still only remotely online. And, and, and for a week or two, we were trying to figure out what was going on. I understand. 
But when you shut the church down for a year, year and a half, I know people live stream and there are some who watch online because they can't come to church. And I, I understand. I thank the Lord that we're able to do that. But most people didn't continue to watch the church services online. So how, how do you know? Go back, and, and I know you can go back and look at church services and you can say, hey, listen, look, we had, uh, our, our, I think our second Sunday, we're a real small country, rural church where I was at at the time in uh, Rome, Georgia, and um, we went online, our second, I think, online church service, we had 2,000 views. I thought, wow, 2,000, that's incredible. Then you go back, and I figured I should go look and see how long people actually listen. And the number of people. A lot of people would, but only for a few seconds, a minute, and then click off. And so people said, yeah, they click on. I, I, I listened, I heard what the title of the sermon was, and then uh, I went on about my day. I read my Bible, but we didn't really have Sunday school disciples here. We filled our minds with all kinds of things, except for the things of God. And I, I really believe that there are long-term eternal effects that will, that will be made because people have just neglected church. Church isn't the only way, though, and I'm thankful for church, but church itself is no replacement for our own personal daily walk with God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discern the good and perfect, acceptable will of God. So, therefore, we must be faithful on this. Why? Because without it, we're all talk and no substance. When we call the facade of the Christian, but we can't even discern the will of God in our life. We were just talking about elections and votes and stuff. How it seems like things go crazy. People just go crazy and stuff. We got people in America all over that are wanting socialism. You know, how in the world can we get to that point? Satan's blinded our eyes. We have not renewed our lives. Therefore, we can't even discern the will of God. This is not just for our children, although they need this. This is also for you and I. We must be faithful.